The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Well, the first part of our program has been practice because we haven't been on the air until just now. <laughs> Fool them, Chris and Ben. Uh, and I forgot to ask, which one of you is Paulins? So that's my, that is my grandfather's name, my mom's Paulin? maiden name. Yep, uh, Paul. Okay. Leroy Paul. Paulins Provisions is the company. And, uh, yes, and Chris and Ben are Paulins Provisions. And when you and and they clearly understand you have met my father and you didn't even know it. Have fun in the kitchen or you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I don't 100%. I don't think we haven't even cooked anything and we've already laughed. Right, right, yeah. I know what to do with. Uh, yeah. That that's really really important. And so uh, so welcome to Cooley Region Cooks by the way. Thank you for having us. Thanks for We're having. We talk about plum mustard and orange marmalade shelf I know this sounds so boring. They're shelf stable. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can put on your shelf in case there's a pol- uh, you know a holocaust. Good for the apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yep, yep, It'll yep. stay fresh forever. Or you can just buy one, take it home, open it, and eat it. And then say, I think I'll buy another one, put it on the shelf, and keep it for the apocalypse. That's the idea. There you go. This is too good to just <laughs> save. Yep. Because Daddy loves mustard. I would definitely <laughs> cracking that open. I have some. Uh, I have some pastrami at home. With plum mustard written all over. Oh, that'll be, that this will be really good. So good with pastrami. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. fantastic. Somebody actually just posted on social media. They did uh, for St. Patrick's Day. They did corned beef. Corn oh, beef. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. I ate the last of my corned beef day before yesterday. I was so. frustrated Very that I didn't think of that. I was like, how come I didn't think of this for a St. Patty's Day like Instagram post or something? Right. You know, but Yikes. it was cool to have like the organic post show up, and I was like, oh, great, that's an idea I didn't even think of. Perfect. You know, well, that's yeah, and that's cool when people are using your product and you did in ways that you didn't envision it's super cool that's, that's the coolest better. yeah you've got 10 ways to use it somebody else says i got 10 different ways <laughs> yeah this is really and i've actually done these this is great that's what i love about cooking though it's like all open source right yeah. it's like everyone has their own twist and variation right. on it and one of the things that people talk to us about when they see the plum mustard they're like plum mustard the plum's throwing me off that's that's weird but we always usually explain to them like it's mostly just to add sweetness Without right. having to add all this extra sugar. And nobody's going to taste this mustard and say, oh, plum. Right. No. Exactly. No. It's, it's, it's just there to kind of but sweeten it up. if you just said sweet mustard, they'd have the total wrong idea. Right. 100%. No, I don't like sweet mustard. No, no, I want spicy mustard. No, yep. I mean like, yep. it, like. Absolutely. And this recipe, Chris has been doing this recipe for years, probably since like 2005 or six when we lived in Minneapolis. We were both cooks forever. Yeah. Uh, Chris was developing this. In a previous this. life. Yeah, in a previous yeah. life. Uh, this was like a country mustard base is kind of what we called it. It was just beautiful, oh. bright yellow, really spicy. But then Chris was like, I think I'll start adding sweet to this. Did an apricot, did an apple version. Oh, Ultimately, sure. we liked the plum. Yeah. So. yeah, we've done dried cherries. We've done all kinds of variations. Oh, yeah, we're working on a rhubarb one. We have Ooh. not figured that out yet. I can't get the color that I want. And I can't get the flavor that I want quite yet. So you we're going to keep messing with sell that. sell it in a dark colored jar? <laughs> Gotta be pretty. It's gotta be pretty, Mike. Yeah. It's yeah, gotta I be. You open the jar and think, "Hey, what's this? It looks like mud." It's an important yeah. aspect. Yeah. 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 We want people to uh, enjoy the aesthetic of the product as I, well as the flavor. I know it's gotta be pretty and and taste good too, and in that order, because I'm sure you guys learned back when you were chefing. 
Yeah. If it doesn't look good, it doesn't taste good. Period. That's an unfortunate truth to me. It to is. me, the taste should be the most important part, yeah. being coming from the chef background. But well, and every little kid, you have nephews or cousins oh, or yeah. little kids, all of them will tell you, "What's that? I don't like it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know what it is. Yeah. yeah, but I don't like it. Why? It's green. Yeah. Or you know. Yeah. Even myself when I was a kid. It looks weird. Hated it. It looks weird. You don't even know what it is. Uh, yeah, that's, I know one thing. Yeah, really? What's that? I don't like it. <laughs> you know, it's funny when we were when we were young. Chris and I have been friends for years. Like we have known each other since we were like literally seven years old. But we've been really good friends since we were about like eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, Chris, like back then, it's funny that he ended up being this food guy because he would eat like salad, no dressing, hamburger, no mustard, no ketchup, nothing on it. Like he was a plain guy, Midwest uh-huh. kid, Midwest. Yeah, and I was I was always kind of like poking fun of him for that. But then all of a sudden, you know. He gets a more developed palate. He's 18, he's 20, he's 25. And Is that how long it took? He didn't develop his palate till he was 18? Uh, late to the game. I'll tell you what, man. It takes at least 10 years to get good at cooking, which is about when I quit. Because I was like, you know what? I've been doing this 10 years. I'm not very good at it. Yeah, I'm a solid, reliable line cook, but I'm not a chef. I'm not a guy who comes up with, like, dishes and concepts. Sure, right, sure. right. Um, he is, and he actually enjoys learning about that stuff, too. Like, oh, he's good. constantly got his, you know, he's reading books and, and doing research on Chemical properties of ingredients and you name it. Oh man, he's sciencey. I'm zero. I'm not a little sciencey. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm more like you know, like is there some spreadsheets that need some crunching? Is there like some numbers that need addition? He's the front of house guy. I manage front of house restaurants and Chris. Can't keep affording this. (laughs) He's pretty much that guy. I'm the chief executive (laughs) buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to do that. Clearly, it's still working. Yeah, yeah. Because you bought a building, and now you have uh, you have a location. That's right, yeah. Yes, sir. That's awesome. In Rose the old Street. Verve. Yeah. Verse. It was oh, the Verse, I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, Verve is the bank. Yeah, it's Verse. A, it's a cool the building. It was, it was built in 1909. We don't know what it was until, like, the 50s. We know it was Glenn's Pizza or Glenn's Bar, which I'm told was, like, a really wonderful spot. Super cool, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. I know it was, like, JB Speakeasy for a while and, yep. and, and some other stuff. But it's probably been a bar its whole life, so we had to convert it into... Something that man, the, if, well, and if anybody goes in, will they look at it and say, "Man, you wrecked it"? It's no, it actually still. still looks I mean, like that. it does still look like it, that. I mean, I we you have to do health. We still have the bar, like the I mean, actual we, bar is still really in. We didn't, yeah, oh, we didn't okay. take that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. We clean it in. Put, we clean it up. Put a new floor in, and it's all up to code and everything. Painted yeah, it. The bar is yeah. still there. You know, we could do events and stuff there, which is something we're talking about. Pop ups, things like that. Well, at some point, when you have more than two products, right? Then, <laughs> more than two <laughs> people in the company. More than two people. Well, but I'm I'm serious. That would be awesome to say, hey, come on over. Yep. We're unveiling a new product. Right. We'll have our standbys. We'll have the plum mustard that everybody loves, and we'll have the marmalade that everybody loves, uh, the bajillion seller. We're going to introduce pickles and whatever yep. else you're going to Right. Do. I mean, like, one, we have, over for a taste testing. Oh, man. We have, and, a, we have a lot of plans for that building that we'd love to execute, like, when we grow. I mean, one of the things that we talk about is turning it into, like, a, like a bodega market or a food market of some awesome. kind, a fresh market, awesome. grocery, deli, awesome. whatever. We want to do a storefront. Um, yeah. At some point, we'd love to move our manufacturing portion to the basement of the building so we can do the... Do more retail stuff upstairs. Exactly. But, I mean, that's just going to take years for us to grow and, is, and expand. Right. Um, do you want, what's next door? Is there a, a like, so Ken's Barber Shop? Ken's and then there's a house. There is a house that is for okay. sale that was built in Ken's like 1800s. and then a house. Ken's and then a house. That house just got bought, actually. Oh, just really wanted to move All in right. there, but All it got right. bought yeah. almost immediately. Right. And I don't know what they're planning on doing with it now. The woman who lived there came over and introduced herself when we moved into the building. She yes, was really nice. Super nice. She had been there for 50 years, and she was thrilled that there was no longer going to be a bar there. 
Ah, <laughs> so, keeping her up at night. Yeah, yeah I think she's been living in a bar been... next to a bar for fifty years. Yeah. Wow. You know, surprise. So I she... have friends that live next door to the railroad tracks. Yeah, they often say, "What what train?" Yeah, you know, yeah. My parents live right by the railroad weeks. tracks. Yeah, you get used to it. Don't even know you get used to it. Yeah, except their house shakes like crazy when it goes. Well, by. you gotta have extra extra heavy duty hooks to hang. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool building, though. We do want to eventually have more, like, public-facing events and stuff there that we can cool. invite people to. I've done, like, a soft launch, if you will. Like, I had my basically my dad and all of his friends, they get together and drink whiskey and eat food once a month. And I invited them into the space to do it there. Just so I could kind of pilot out what it would feel like to sure. host one. Uh-huh. Um, and it went really well. It was they really cool. It. Yeah, they had they a great time. It. And th- th- the other thing that, like, we don't actually advertise that we do this, but people have been approaching us for catering. Oh. Mostly people that we know who like know sure, our sure. careers, know our backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna turn that down, you know, but it's not it's not like our main deal, but um, that aspect of our business is like organically kind of happening and it is cool for Chris because that gives him an opportunity to like flex his muscles. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. Then you get to decide how much it's gonna cost for the client. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the cool thing about us is we'll do literally anything. Like a lot of companies are they have packages, Here's they have routine. Menu. Yeah, exactly. Whereas we're just like, well, it's not our thing, so we buy everything special for you. What do you, what want? Do you want? We'll do literally anything. Yeah, and then cool. that gives, again, Chris the opportunity to like do some cooler, more complex stuff that he used to do. All right, well, here. I don't know if this. there's a phone call. Sometimes it's a phone call from somebody who, oh, they chickened out. All right, well, I'll just plug this in anyway. In the meantime, if they, uh, sometimes they hear me talking about it. No, oh. no, I don't want to talk on the radio. I, I just want to ask him. Is that uh, that Ben? That Ben is that Big Ben? I, I think I know that guy. Yeah. Did he go to school? Did he work this? Did he? And then he moved to Seattle. I think I went to school with him. He still owes me ten bucks. You know? He was a <laughs> he was real mean in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and, and I'll, I'll I got a couple of minutes before I have to take a quick break. But so sure. you grew up in the lacrosse area. We're from here, born and raised. Yeah. You moved up to Minneapolis for jobs. For college, really, and then we for school, we cooked stayed. while we were in college. Okay, to pay for it and so forth. Right, and then we yeah. stayed. Yep. Yeah. You pay off all your college loans. He has. Done? I have not. You're still working on. I'm still. Yeah, working but let's on. let's right, let's cool. let's just get it out there that I had some privilege and some help paying it off. It's not like I was uh, responsible and was able to pay it off. Like I had, I had help from my my family. They helped That's me cool. out. That's yeah. cool. You schmooze them and they you owe them. So <laughs> yeah. Anytime they call and need a catering thing happening. Yeah, they got me under the thumb for sure. Yeah, but uh, my parents helped me as much as they could. But it was a uh, good luck. If you want yeah. to go to college, go yeah, for yeah. it. Pay for it. But yeah. we did stay afterwards, and, yeah, we were, like, cooking the whole time. Uh, we graduated in 2008, 2009, uh, when the economy collapsed, the housing crisis, all that. Sure. Job market was terrible, but, like, we were chefs. We were still at, employed. So you're we were employed. People yep. were still eating. We were making more money than most of our friends who had, quote, unquote, real jobs and, like, offices yeah. and whatnot. And we were just, like, at that point, that's when I embraced it. I was, like, I'm just going to do this. This is what My I do. My dad told me that when I was growing up in high school. What are you going to be when you grow up? You know, I don't know. Well, let me – I'll. I'm not going to steer you. I'm just going to tell you. There are two things in the world that will never go away no matter how the economy is. Two things. Everybody has to eat and everybody wants a drink. Mm-hmm. Yes, so if you know how sir. to cook or you know how to make a cocktail, you will always find a job. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, 100%. You know? And after that, it's up to you. So you're in Minneapolis. You hate it. Things are, you're making a living. Hold on, happy. hold on. Oh, I thought you said you hated it. I, I love Minneapolis. Oh, I love Minneapolis. I, I really was unhappy at my job, mostly because, again, I was bad at it. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, 
Not getting the kind of help you want. Well, we were burnt out, too. Super I mean, burnt out. Okay. still kind of back in the day when it was, you know, you were doing 70, 80-hour weeks. Like, oh, man. Just regular. That was expected of you. Yeah, that was just normal part of the culture. Changed now. Yeah, but if not, the Thank restaurant God, doesn't have but... your name on it. It's a whole lot harder to work 80 hours. You want, it yes, is. Exactly, somebody right? Which is why I wanted to leave. We're and... happy to do that now yeah. because we have a company. <laughs> but also, I just, like, I just wanted to experience not living in the Midwest. And I had a friend in Seattle who said he'll help me out and... So I went to work one day, told Chris and the friends that I worked with that I'm going to move to Seattle. I'm just, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm out here. I'm out in Back three months. Correct. And it fits, whatever Blown fits in the, my car. Blown up the U-Haul. Yeah. And then Chris was like, well, I think I'll come too. <laughs> you got room in your car for some of my stuff? <laughs> yeah. I'll rent the U-Haul if you pull it. That yep. was because I didn't even have a car at that time, I don't think. So you just moved to Seattle on a whim. Pretty much. We were, said, we were 23. We were at the uh, perfect age to do something like that. We moved across the country. Neither I'd never been there. You had never been there. And so you had no idea what to expect? No. You didn't know no. an umbrella, nothing? I had no clue. I mean, all I thought was, like, the winters should be a little better. That's kind of what I thought. They have coffee. And they have coffee. Right. Coffee. And then uh, when we showed up, it was uh, it was awesome because our friend who was out there really helped us out. Uh, we, got a, we all got, a, like, a place together. Oh, cool. And it was a really cool big house at a view of downtown. So, like, our first place that we got there was awesome. And then we all kind of found we our – We all found our service industry jobs. I got hired cool. as a baker before I even got into town. I was, oh, like, man. in Montana doing Craigslist ads. <laughs> and they called me up and hired me over when the phone. be here? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was, it was great. great. So, yeah, I had a job um, doing baking at weird baker hours. And sure. Chris got a job at uh, this really cool place called Citizen, which I think is still open, Citizen mm-hmm. Cafe in I'm, Seattle. But, uh, yeah, and then we just, like, I cooked for a few years, gave up on it because I wanted to learn the other side of the business, right. whereas he continued. The work part. The, the management part, sure. the front of the house, the showmanship. Like, yep, I, can, yep. I can talk forever. You right. know, that's the other thing. And but I don't want to smell like bacon, so I'll be in the back. <laughs> you be in the back. Well, also, I was seeing I'll how, much, I was seeing how much money these uh, servers were making in the front of the house, which I'll be honest was a big part of it. I was like, wait a minute, they have really flexible hours, and they make a lot of money? That sounds great. Pardon me? Yeah, where do I yeah. sign up for that? <laughs> yeah. So the company I worked for, they let me go to the front and kind of, I started as a busboy and worked my way up, waiter, sure. barback, all that, and then sure, became sure. general manager of, uh, I worked for a big company out there. And then Chris, in the meanwhile, was, was a chef working at some really cool spots. Like there was a spot called Zigzag Cafe that's really well known. And then you opened that Sisters and Brothers place. Yep. Yep. Nashville Hot, Hot Chicken. Chicken. That place was a ridiculous success. Was it? I, I did some mercenary cook shifts with them. <laughs> it was like the big cast iron full of lard. It was, it was, it was awesome. a big fried chicken craze in Seattle. Yeah. 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 And then um, you ended up at Stateside, which is like a French-Vietnamese place. And then um, oh. I left the company I was working for and went to this Italian company called Salumi. But it was in the process of being acquired by these two young women who changed the name to Coro Foods. Those ladies were awesome. That was the springboard for all of this, was working oh, yeah. at that company. Really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you so that's good. So now you're in Seattle, you're finding your way. That's awesome. You got yep. you got a little money in your pocket and you're thinking, you know, I'm gonna exercise my creative muscles a little bit yeah. and make some and, and go into the sauce maybe not even thinking about I'll go into the sauce making business, but this sauce that I made for that dish that goes really well on French Vietnamese food, uh, everybody keeps telling me that's awesome. I should put it in a jar and sell it. And so I think I'm going to do that. Hey, hey, Ben, how do we make money if I make the sauce? 
Right. And put it in his jar. <laughs> yeah. You got to figure out how to make click, some click, money. Click. Everybody yeah. keeps telling me this plum mustard sauce is really good. Let's make some money. I mean, I know that's the really short version, but it is. But that's pretty much the long and the short of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah more or less. And it was like, well, we can't do it here in Seattle because it's prohibitively expensive, is and it? literally couldn't okay. do it there. Okay, we were there for ten or eleven years you, by you that couldn't point. Couldn't afford. Couldn't to do afford. It there. Yeah. No, small no. Small business with small pockets equals not a super small business friendly. City. We were we were at the point in our career where we probably could have convinced investors to do stuff. In fact, yeah, right before... For other people. Totally. And, and, and right, on the hook for, right before the know, pandemic, we actually had a deal kind of worked out where we were about to open and build out a restaurant. And then um, the pan- pandemic happened, right? Like, literally March of 2020, like, we were getting ready to do a build. <laughs> and then this <laughs> pandemic happened, which was, a, like, it was good that we didn't end up going that route, personally, for us. One of those blessings in disguise. Yeah, yeah, way. because that's how we stumbled into the shelf-stable, you know, market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's worked. It's been fun. At so the very least, it's been it's fun. Worked. Did you have <laughs> plum mustard? How long did you have plum mustard before you came up with your second uh, uh, shelf-stable orange provision? Uh, orange marmalade. <laughs> provision? Well, the, mustard, uh, the mustard, I mean, you know, uh, I think Ben mentioned earlier, uh, before we were on air, like, we, you know, we've been working on this mustard recipe for, honestly, probably 15 years at this really? point. Yeah. Doing different variations on it, making your family and friends it, taste here, taste this, him. taste this. I'm, I'm, using I'm, it at restaurants. I've used it at sure. various oh, really? restaurants yeah. I've worked at. Oh, yeah, oh I've been a okay, chef cool. At, at that Vietnamese one, stateside, we did a really good uh, ahi tuna dish, ahi tuna tartare with a swipe Ooh. of this mustard. Oh. Super, super good. Yeah. Which I'm just obsessed with Vietnamese food. I want to got to talk yeah. to you about that off air because like, you've been to Vietnam. I have right? a couple of yeah. times. Yeah. In fact, I'm trying to talk Tan into a. And uh, making it uh, inviting to come back a third time, yes. as long as I get to you know write at least some of the itinerary. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I some almost of those went. Places were painfully fun, and I need to yeah. go back and do that again. I almost went on one of those trips with Tan right you. before the pandemic hit, and that's, uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, no. you've been. Oh, you've been to Korea though, right? Korea, yeah. And Japan. Yeah, never have not made it to Vietnam. But, awesome. Uh, Chris also lived in. Amazing. Didn't you live in like? I feel like for a year or so you lived in like Central America, Latin America, <laughs> Panama, Nicaragua, or something. Yeah. yeah, you lived in Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah it was for six what, months. Treehouse, uh, back and basically back and forth between Costa Rica, Nicaragua, bananas? and Panama, yeah. just hanging out. I was in Minneapolis. Uh, jealous of your your travels. It looked really cool. You were jealous of him living in Nicaragua. <laughs> I was, man. I mean, like, really? yeah, you're 21 years old and your what friend you is having mean? all these cool adventures. He's telling me like, hey, I just went ziplining in a jungle yesterday. Like, that sounds right. fun. And, and I looked down fried and there were the and, I, and I'm us. over here like, uh, it's 12 below zero. It's freezing cold. It's dark all the time, and I have to go work right now. Losing your signal. Sorry, gotta go. Yeah. Actually, kind of a weird aside is with this plum mustard, we actually did at Stateside a Vietnamese blood sausage. Not for everybody. I love it. Yeah. And we would serve it with this mustard as well. And how is Vietnamese blood sausage different than the blood sausage? It's, everybody's listening right now it, knows what it is. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's really just a matter of aromatics and herbs. Okay. So uh, Different spices. Different spices. You know, a lot of coriander. We would use uh, rau ram, which is a pretty specific herb, sometimes referred to as Vietnamese coriander. Oh, okay. It's got a, kind of a long leaf. Um, super spicy and tangy. Little bit sweet. It's pretty close to coriander, but not quite the same thing. All right. Well, just uh, so you know, just so you know, if... You and I end up on the uh, reunion tour to Vietnam. Don't be surprised if we sit down at a table in one of these awesome little restaurants and they bring us a giant plate of green things, 
let green leafy vegetables with some teeny tiny red peppers and so forth. And you ask a Vietnamese guy, ask our waiter, what's this? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> and then you taste it and you say, oh, this must – because they have so many different vegetables, different leafy green things. They do. It's and insane. they all taste like their name, whatever it is. Oh, that's chocolate. Oh, that's coffee. Oh, that's pepper. Yep. Oh, that's vanilla. And they and you're thinking, it's green. This doesn't taste like vanilla. Shut up. Eat it. Tastes just like vanilla. <laughs> yeah. And they have some, in some case, I mean, I'm sure you could find, but these guys are just waiters. He goes to school. Yeah. Uh, right. He's yeah. in 10th grade and he's a waiter. <laughs> right. This guy's asking me, how do I make, no, no, I don't know. I yeah. serve it. I no, don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just delicious. And so that all the different things that go into pho. It's an, oh, man. Oh. Yeah. A whole new world opened up when I started cooking Vietnamese food. Oh, man. You know? Such good stuff. All right, I got to take care of some business. We'll come back and we'll talk a little more about what's inside that jar of plum mustard. And then we got to move over to orange marmalade because that's a big step, isn't it? From mustard <laughs> to, to marmalade. One sweet, one savory. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, one goes on toast and the other one goes on pastrami. Yeah. Uh, you know, wow. Sweet and savory, like Chris said. That's sweet yeah. and savory. We got to make that stretch. Pollen's provisions in the old verse building. I, I don't know. Is that what you what do you tell people when you when they say, when they call and say, where are you? I do. I say That's pretty much. What I, we I say usually always usually what we say is in the old first that. building, or we say right next to Ken's Barbershop, oh. right next to the Sports Nut. Okay, across uh, from the Sports Nut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Everybody yeah. knows where that is. Totally. I, yeah. I have used the Sports Nut. You know, they're right up from the Sports Nut. Used to be the Verve. I mean the uh, the Verse restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I know where that is. Right. By the yeah. way, Sports Nut. Great food, and everybody tells us their Korean night is insanely good. We haven't not. been yet. They are, you haven't? We haven't. Uh, How embarrassingly, long have you been in your building? five minutes. I'm a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty much. We've gotten food from them. We do eat there, times, oh, just not so Korean. Because they only do it like uh, one day a week, right? Yeah, and you yeah. gotta get in early because uh, yeah, cool. yeah, you gotta get in early because yeah. I think the owner's wife is Korean. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Cousin or somebody, she's right from Korea. Yeah, yeah, we gotta try this out. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Business, be right back. You gotta watch out for the eggplant that ate Chicago. <laughs> unless it's got... That's the name of that song. Uh, unless it's got plum mustard on it, then let her rip, baby. <laughs> Sorry, Chicago. That would be a, a really good one. Uh, we are with Chris and Ben, who are Pollen's Provisions. In fact, if you ever stop by, it's in, it's in the old uh, uh, Verse restaurant, kind of across from... The sports, everybody knows where the sports nut is because they have such good food and they're close to the ballpark. Uh, the yep. sports nut, then a lady's house, and then Ken's, Ken's, barber Ken's shop. barbershop, and then you guys. Yep, yep. 100%. Right there. And uh, they don't really have, I mean, they're it's legal, <laughs> but they don't, but I don't want to think, sneak in the back and you can buy fully stuff. Fully legal, right fully regulated. Don't Let's have, make that clear. Like, they're not open nine to five. Come in and buy. No, some plum not, mustard. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. You're right, but if do you turn a light on or something to let people know? Honestly, you're in there? just check the door. If the door's open, we're right. there. You know, there's a parking spot. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah. yeah. Wiggle the handle. If it opens, go in and talk to <laughs> Please uh, Chris or Ben. And there's extra brownie points if you can guess which one is which. Yeah. And talk about the plum. I heard you talking with Hayes about that plum mustard. 
Guy gotta have some. Yeah, we're we're focusing mostly on wholesale right now, grocery stores. I get it. So this is like really where you can get our stuff is all the grocery right. Well, stores give me a taste, town, and yeah. if I really like it, I'll buy a case and split it yeah. with my family. <laughs> and we do like we do have like walk-ins. Like it's happened yeah. where we yeah. have people walk in. I had a lady walk in during the holidays who had heard about us somehow and said, "I'd like to buy a case of each, like a full case of each." Really? And I was like, "All right, you great." Have many friends. That was They'll awesome. <laughs> Apparently, that's, awesome. that's so. Awesome. Or my mom's friend, yeah, maybe. They that's all probably. Live in Seattle, yeah. So I'm gonna <laughs> ship it back and make them all jealous. So yeah. So it was just one of those things. Well, and the other thing is like it's just the two of us, right? And so we have to make it. We have to do the promotions. We have to do the deliveries. We have to do everything. Um, so we just really don't have the ability to set hours yet. Sure. But we will. I think once we get a little bit more stable in our operation, um, like right now, I would say Chris and I are at like five to ten percent production capacity. So we're not even not even close right. to what we could be doing. Um, so when things kind of change, I think we'll we'll know and we'll hire somebody hopefully to help us cool. with that. Cool, cool. Yeah. How, how much time do you spend on developing the third the the item the jar that's going to be right here next to Orange Normally? <laughs> a lot. Years. Hours a week. It's you, a huge process. Like, it's noon. We got to start working on project number three. Yep. So once we get like real, right now we're doing recipe testing, which is a few right. hours a day. Okay. When we get really into the swing of it, like, okay, we're going to do this. We want this to happen by fourth quarter of this year. Right. Yeah. That's 25, probably 30 hours a week focusing just cool. on that. Cool. Um, just because, uh, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Ben is the, obviously the, the business guy, right? So labeling, costs. All that sourcing, stuff. Uh, yeah, the logistics. End, the other end of that is the regulation end with DATCAP through Wisconsin. That's Chris's yeah. end of it. The yeah. regulatory okay. body. That's oh, yeah. a crazy amount of work. And then just the actual cooking process is obviously. All right, well, here's the thing. I have no idea whether this is even legal. So I'm just going to say it because I would. I mean, I was about to say, well, I'll be one of your guinea pigs when next time you're having a tasting, call oh, me. We'll I'll bring come it. over. But you know what? You could put together Paulin's Provisions Taste Testers. I would. I would pay to be a member of the guinea pigs, to be a, a team member. You, the guinea 10, pigs club? The guinea pigs club? or 20 people, whatever. The Paulins pigs. I, the Paulins pigs. <laughs> I'm telling you. And yeah, I'm telling Paulins you. Pigs. The Paulins and piggies you, are meeting once a month. Right. Yeah. Well, however often, once a month, once a week, whatever it yeah. is. That's actually a sweet idea. I don't it see is. why it would be. You don't say sweet because it might be, uh, you know. It could savory. be a savory idea. Yeah. 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 We got the cool, I mean, we got the cool old building, right? Got we got a couple kegs of beer. Yeah. And get the tastings going. Because you keep saying, well, we have... You know, we're still doing recipe testing. Well, who do you test them on? Right. <laughs> yeah. The old lady who used to live next door, but now she sold the house. And, right, yeah. And, you know, yeah. You, got, you need some people with tongues who it's would true. volunteer to, to tell you the truth. Yep, and we'll give us honest really feedback. Horrible. Don't yeah. make it again. Which is what we need. The poly, and yeah. you can make a little money. Yeah, yeah. It's like getting paid to do focus groups yeah. Yeah, instead of paying for it. Right. <laughs> well, I'd pay to be a right. member of the focus group. It'd be fun, too, because food involved. Right, yeah, yeah, and it would be, I mean, it's a fun idea. I love the yeah. idea quite a bit, actually. Right, we'll kick that around. We will. When you decide to do that, I, A, I want to be a member, but B, uh, we can talk about it on the air someday. Right, yeah. Oh, cool. And then you'll yeah. have all the people, because Cooley Region cooks people. Right. The, those listening right now are listening more specifically because they're foodies. Right, yeah. To some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they're not pretentious foodies. They are people who have a tongue. Right. And they want to have a flavor. That they've never had a flavor before, and maybe be involved with. Hey, mom, mom, taste that right there. You know that's Mike's mustard. Yeah, guess who named it Mike's? <laughs> me, mom. They named it after me. How cool is that? Because I was a member of the team. I was a first right. and whatever. You know, now I'm connected 
to these guys. These are this is Chris. This is Ben. They invited me and uh, you know these folks to come over. They named it after our softball team. You know that wow. it's, it's a great it's a it's a great idea and a good honestly like marketing tactic because uh, yeah. Chris and I try to do as much like organic face to face actually talking to people marketing. That's our entire strategy. Is like we go to stores, we sample, we talk to people. Right, and that's what's effective for us. So that's a great idea. All right. All right. right now, all we're doing for the testing, like essentially, what we're doing right now, Mike, is we're taking the pickles that Chris is going to make. We're not going to launch them full on for grocery. We're going to take them to our farmers markets. Sure. We're going to see how they do. Yep. Because uh, you know, I don't know if you want to bring up the weird pickle thing we got going in lacrosse. Maybe it's a little, it's a lot of minutia. It's, it's it's regulatory stuff. Oh, really? It's really? a strange regulatory you thing. You can't sell pickles at the farmer's it's market? Not the, no, it's, because... it's, it's the production part aspect oh, of it. Oh. Um, and, again, I have no idea what any of that is. But that's why we're going to just kind of start there and see. Oh, sure, I get okay, it. Okay, so should we, like, yeah, really yeah. put the resources into actually launching this in earnest? Um, and then that way we can kind of, like, if we don't go full on, it's way less work, right? It's basically sure. let's source it, let's make sure. our own little labels. A little at a time, absolutely. Right. Well, and I'll tell you what, if a bunch of Minnesota grandmothers – can have successful pickles, then Chris and Ben's oh, why can't we? can yeah. be as successful right. as well. I'm pretty confident Absolutely. we can be. I'll I'll be your I'll help you be the mouthpiece and I'll certainly be the a member of the taste. The number one taste. And I would pay and I don't even need to be number one. Just one up because <laughs> yeah. you're not pretentious guys. Right. You're not looking for a guy who's got a PhD in tasting. No, you know, no, you're no. Guy, sometimes you're looking for a fat guy or you're looking for a guy who likes to eat right. and he has a tongue. Right. He's not afraid to say, geez, Ben, this is really horrible. Right. It's way too sweet, salty, whatever it is. That, and that kind of feedback is so valuable, it's man, because a lot of times people, especially in the Midwest, they want to be too nice. To like, they are. Right? I will say I want to call out Patrick at Shuby's right now. Yeah. Patrick, at, we, by the way, he has our product on their shelves over there. This but, is back when we were testing. But yeah, but when we were still doing testing, we dropped some stuff off to Patrick over there. Um, and when we came back, he was like, your marmalade wasn't good. It was bitter, and I like bitter. And we were like, "Oh shit, we got to check it out, and we got to see what's going on there." And so we changed oranges as a result of his one little comment, one really? little feedback. Yeah. We were using these oranges that were from Argentina. We sourced some different ones from California, and they taste way better. And cool. He was right. It was one weird. Comment. Yeah, That's I mean, good. and and just a sort a source ingredient like that can can change everything. Of course, cool. you know. The next time you talk with Patrick, tell him that. He or members of his team should be on Cooley Region Cooks because I will. He's a super cool guy. He's rad. Yeah, yeah. that's not really that, your program is not really part of our marketing. What? Experience. That's what I said. Are you what? serious? What are you wearing? Patrick, a come on, man. The guy, buddy. Yeah. I just want to talk about food. <laughs> And I am probably, yeah, you know. He's, he's, uh, well, last time we were there talking to him, he's from Nebraska, and he was telling us, us about all these cool places. I can't remember if it's Omaha or Lincoln that he was from, but, like, it was one of those places. And it sounds like a really cool food scene, and he right. is a passionate dude, man. You get him going. Patrick, get on board. Get in here. Patrick, this is the Pollens Boys giving you an official call to come talk to Mike. <laughs> I'm telling you, it would be fun because they've got a lot of really good stuff going on in there. They do. Their yeah. pastrami is super good. Their pastrami is amazing, actually. It is. I, I will I vouch for it. I a suggestion yeah. once. All right, here's my... One and only uh, Shuby's suggestion, uh, because I went in there one time because somebody else told me, oh, they're pastrami rocks. you got to have some. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and ordered a pastrami sandwich, and it was on homemade bread and had mustard, and I don't remember all the ingredients. Yeah, that's it. It was about it. this big. And I thought, and I told the young lady who was behind the counter, I said, this sandwich was really good. And it was, whatever, it was 9 bucks or something, not yep. cost prohibitive. And I said, here's my only suggestion. 
make this sandwich $18 and have it be twice as big. And stack because it up. Because nobody yeah. is going to take a picture of this sandwich and post it on Facebook and say, I just had the most delicious sandwich in the universe, and it looks nothing like the one you had when you went to the deli in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, but if it did look like the one that yeah. was from the deli in New York, it would be all over. Look at this. You don't have to go all the way to New York to get an OMG pastrami sandwich. Look at it. It's a mountain high. It's got all the stuff. It's dripping with goodness, and it was only $18. And worth every minute of it. Right. right. You couldn't even eat the whole thing. Yeah. You're thinking 18 bucks. Yeah, would you push your mom out of the way for the last bite of that sandwich? Yep. It was that good. Well, and the young lady was being all polite and everything, and somebody from the back. Oh, that's good. Oh, don't be telling our staff what to do. You know, we work really hard. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. Oh. Oh, really, gosh, you guys. See, that bums me even, out to hear. I'm not even the food police. I'm just trying to tell you. <laughs> right. And if you ever want somebody to post a picture or a story about your sandwich, you got to make it worth looking at before they look at it. Because it's delicious. <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, I've worked with a lot of cooks who are like that, pretty bitter. They don't want to hear any feedback. And yeah. we are, like, we are the opposite of that. I have, when my uh, eldest son lived in Austin, Texas, took us to a... Great town. Like, uh, was, I think it was a Mexican restaurant. I, they served a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. A great, huge restaurant with the old stone building, and the ceilings were 30 feet tall. Nice. Really a fun place. And the menus, every item on the menu, and then special provision at the bottom said, our chefs have worked for years and years putting together this list of ingredients for each of these items. Please understand that we did this to give you the best product ever. There will be no No substitutions. substitutions. We can take something off because you're allergic allergic or something. But don't ask me if you can swap out cheddar for Swiss or mustard for ketchup, or because the answer is no. Right. Because then you're going to taste it, and you're going to say out loud, well, this isn't as good as... Right. Everybody said this is the best sandwich in the universe. It wasn't that big a deal. Did you have it exactly... Well, no, because I hate ketchup. Then get out of here. See, I, I personally hate that. I respect those places' choices, but I, I, wouldn't, it, I but wouldn't do it. Chef yeah. I worked for at Stateside in Seattle. Well, and they were being... I, I, I suppose they would be... They're just trying to fend off all their staff who have to deal with... Yeah, and it does get annoying. Yeah, but, you absolutely. know, I, I mean, I work for a guy who worked for John George Vongerich and Michelin Stars, right? He worked for Daniel Ballou in New York, high-end Michelin star places. Yeah, yeah. And this chef was like, he's, I don't care. Whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to do for them. Right. Because right. they're paying me they knew. to eat here. That's they our, and that's I our philosophy. Literally sure. whatever they want. Why? When yeah. I took over the deli, the Salumi Deli, it's like an iconic deli in Seattle, um, when I took that over, they were really rigid in the way that they did things. It was run by retired Boeing engineer and his like family, basically. Sure. Um, and they were not restaurant people, but they were so rigid, would not really do much. No flexibility. Yeah, and I remember like the staff was so confused when I showed up to take over, and I was like, we just do whatever they want. Whatever they ask for, we're just going to do. Like, I, get, I, <laughs> you know? I, I like, get it, but at the end of the day, yeah. customers pay your bills. So. All right, one more, and then i got to take a break. Uh, in the Dells, Tommy was still called the Dell Bar. Right. But it used to be Tommy's Del Bar. Mm-hmm. And Tommy, okay. well, and so way back in the day, friends of ours said, I just got a huge promotion and a raise. And so the four of us are going to the steakhouse. You've never been there before. I know that. I'm buying. And you'll nice. notice right away there's no prices on the menu because nothing <laughs> is inexpensive. Nope. Everything in this restaurant is super expensive. I'm buying. So order whatever you want. Cool. Oh, thank you. hear that. So the first time in my life, cage. A cave-aged Italian prime rib. Ooh, that's what I said. Never even heard of it before. Cave-aged, okay, I'll have one. 
How do you like? And how would you like it? Uh, medium well. Okay, and then write it all down. She came back a few minutes later. Sir, a chef would like you to choose something else on the menu because he will not create. He will not cook. He won't go above this medium piece of steak. Medium well. Yeah. Really? And I, you know, I thought, I'm about to get all huffy and puffy. And then it dawned on me, this is a five-diamond restaurant being run by a five-diamond chef who said, you're going to eat this steak, and you're going to think this tastes just like the other crappy steaks I've ever eaten ever anywhere else, and it's three times as expensive. So I did the smart thing and said, huh, I don't want to order something else. Please tell chef to bring it to me. Chef preferred however he wants to eat it. That's how I want to eat it. Wow. And it came back. I don't know, 30 seconds, it came back. He he told me, because he came out later to ask, just north of rare. Yeah. Right. So, so it's rare, and then another 30 seconds, and it was the most delicious steak I have ever eaten in my life. And I have never ordered a steak any other way, ever. Really? And, yeah, ever. It was that, you could cut it with a fork. It was so good. Little bit, little red in the middle. Right, yeah. And then you learn about that's not blood, so stop with the blood. Stop, steak. yeah. There's no such thing. The aging, None of that. yeah. The aging process really does a lot to beef. And yeah. It's, yeah. It was so good, and I've never had a steak anything other than, than uh, just north of rare. I like you know, that. Medium rare if you're uh, you know, in a steakhouse where they wonder, what what's north yeah. of rare? Medium rare, just light medium, just barely medium rare. Okay. Yeah, I've been so getting much better that way. I've been getting my dad there because I like medium rare, <laughs> rare, rare. He's a well done guy. I've got him down to medium. He's a well, well done, now. no salt, no seasoning. He's getting guy. close to medium. He's getting <laughs> well close done. to medium. Well, I'll get him down to medium rare. Well so, done. Yeah, you know? oh, Dad. Let me here. Let me blindfold you. Then let me bring you a steak. I'll pay for it because you're not having this one medium. We'll take him to the Del Bar. I'll bet yeah. they serve it to him. Right. Yeah. Well done. What? Here, I'd like to take my shoe off. A <laughs> little business. We'll be right back. I don't remember the exact year, but uh, we were just comparing restaurants and menus and deli- places to get delicious, unusual food. La Chateau has yeah. escargot mm-hmm. and 40-year port. So many uh, good ones these days. Oh, yeah. All right, so orange marmalade. How do you go from plum mustard to somebody said, all right, what are you going to do next? Well, I've been thinking about this sweet thing. we got to do uh, – Yeah, we, well, we want to bring marmalade back. That's what yeah. we're trying to do. Uh, really? Yeah. It's old school. People think marmalade. They think like grandmas and stuff, uh-huh. and lumpy, and there's seeds yeah, in it. Yeah, and... but th- we think it's having like a moment, honestly. Um, so one of the things that I actually like using this for is alcohol, like really? old fashions, an, okay. a, an orange oh, marmalade old fashioned. Great with cocktails. Yeah, there's really? like a, there's like really? a huge list of cocktails that you can use marmalade with, which is like like your reaction. The really is uh, a typical reaction. So we wanted to do – it wasn't just that we felt like this is a a, a jam that's going to be, like, more prevalent. It was that we just – Chris had a really good recipe for it. And, really it, and all it is yeah, is yeah. lemon, orange, sugar, water, Ken, Ken, nothing come in. else. No, you're invited. You're, a, you're an old-fashioned drinker, aren't you? Old-fashioned, um, the cocktail? Don't you? I, you're a brandy old-fashioned or whiskey old-fashioned? I hate to tell you, I don't really drink a lot of them, but if I do, it's whiskey. I like my brandy as okay. brandy. Yeah. But I, right. well, I thought you were you drank a what, – what's the cocktail that you enjoy drinking? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I like – honestly, I like a French 75, and nice. I like a sidecar, a whiskey okay. sidecar. That's, uh, that's my gosh. biggie. I thought yep. – I, I, well, my mistake, because this orange marmalade was first developed – to be in a cocktail. We're going to leave some with you guys so you can try it. Out. In a cocktail. And I thought, I'm, oh, man. I'm I... always willing to be persuaded. So, 
Yeah. Good uh, man. I thought, oh, I know a guy who drinks this one of his favorite cocktails. Yeah, like the old-fashioned. And the honestly, old like fashioned. the cognac, the French 75 thing, yeah. the little dollop yeah. of that, I'm sure I could concoct something that would be up your alley with that for sure. Well, these guys all are uh, Paulin's Provisions in the old Verse uh, uh, restaurant yeah. down yeah. by yeah. the Sports Nut. Yep. And uh, these are the two items that they have developed, including an orange marmalade that goes in a cocktail. <laughs> Put it on toast, put it in a cocktail. I'm about to go over to the distillery after this and try and convince them that this is something they need to start using. Could I just go into a a bar and carry my own orange marmalade and put it in everything? Probably. I think think you're at risk of of offending the bartender. I don't know. Or at least at risk of the staff making fun of you behind your back. Well, and maybe they'd make fun of you until they tasted it. Right. Look, if we have our way, this orange marmalade will be on every cocktail menu in this city. Well, you know what, though? The the guys over at... At the, the distillery are not pretentious, hoity-toity people. I, you know, but they're I've down to experiment. Them. They're down to play around. Absolutely. Yeah. So hey, we're going to bring some by. Cool, and, fun yeah. stuff. I'm going to order this uh, old-fashioned, and I'd like you to make it. Instead of uh, instead of uh, uh, mashing all the fruit, use this instead, would you? Exactly. Okay. No syrup. Yeah, skip the simple syrup. Skip the mashing. Sure, sure. Yeah. Just it's don't. not open, so you'll have to oh, tap. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Yeah, not at all. Absolutely. Please do. You'll have to tap. Oh, you're just really strong. Mustard really looks intriguing. The stuff is great, yeah. Just tasty. Yeah, this one only four ingredients when you include the water. Simple, sweet, tiny little bit of bitter, mostly sweet, velvety. We got the rind in there. Yeah, a lot of people add like weird, unpronounceable things to their jams and marmalades. We don't. We don't even add pectin. We extract it in the cooking process. So, I'll tell you. He's taking the microphone from you. No, sorry, sorry. No, no, please do. Is that good? I'm normally not a marmalade person, but this is really good. I love the 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 rind in there mm-hmm. isn't yep. super chewy. It, yep. no, it kind of no. dissolves in your mouth along with it. There is a lot of sweetness. You get a good bit of orange, and then the finish. There's a layered finish, so you do get yep. the different levels of the a little bit of the bitter. Yep. Yep. And a lot of the sweet. So that is excellent. Paulin's provisions. Thanks, Ken. I knew. it also tastes good in a spoon.